I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, people, welcome to Going Off Track. Stephen, Brad, and Jonah. Mike is, well, Mike's at work, and hopefully someday we're going to start Mike's new segment. Mike's moments, as soon as he gets the confidence to start doing the damn things. <laughs> Mike is probably totally watching Storage Wars on his computer right now, pretending to work. I've been over to visit him because I, I've been working. That's what I do. Yo, that's what you do? You just yeah. watch Storage Wars? Sometimes. <laughs> Justin TV, shout out. Because <laughs> I use that site, it just streams... Uh, TV channels, like it'll stream Law and Order, and then there's like a little chat next to it, and you can like talk to people about the show and oh people. My God. But it has ads on it, which is weird because it's it seems like it should be totally illegal. Anyways, what? this is what happens when you're single and in your thirties, and all you have is internet. Wow, <laughs> you discover all these magical things. Me and uh, Vanessa will sometimes. I have like a persona on there called like Major Playa. And, like, dudes will come on and, like, brag about, like, all the girls they pick up. Like, keep in mind, you're in, like, a law and order chat room at, like, yes. 3 in the morning on a Tuesday. And I'll be like, <laughs> some dude was in there and I was with Vanessa and he's like, I only, I only date nines or whatever. And I was, like, naming all these celebrities. He's like, five, four. And I was like, dude, what's it like being with a nine? He's like, oh, bro, you don't even know. <laughs> like, and I was, me and Vanessa were totally, like, baiting this dude. I was like, how can I, like, what can I learn? He's like, you gotta have confidence. He's like, and then he had a whole, like, criteria. He's like, nine is, like, perfect skin. Like, like, and it was, like, this whole list of things, and it was so ridiculous. And Not one mole. <laughs> yeah. It was, like, these guys had these, like, the most superficial, like, unattainable like things and it's like dude no one believes you but i will totally indulge you because i think it's amazing it's like the internet chat room is the new singles bar you know people talking about all the crap they do and i guess so but don't you feel like the chat room thing kind of isn't as popular as it yeah. used to be that's like what I, I thought i thought it would be I, I felt like there would that there would at some point be a huge resurgence of it because it's I did so too. It was cool. It was cool, yeah. Like when I was like a senior in high school, or like, yeah, yeah, you would like go in these rooms and meet people. Now I feel like Facebook and all that social network, it's like you can see, I don't know, but I feel like it's... you. Well, people use these other, these other networks the same way you would do that. Like even with Twitter, where you go back and forth. Totally. That's the what conversation. it is, the back That's and forth. True. Yeah, it's not... It's, it's like, like they're still kind of doing the same thing, but it's a little more awkward with these new... <laughs> it is, you know? Like, yeah. It's a chat room with the world staring at you. Yeah, and also just like a more awkward interface. Like a, you know, like a Facebook post that goes on and on, you know, that just catches fire. 
I think people use the comment page for that too. You know, they'll like they'll say something and then it'll be that back and forth exactly what you're saying, but instead yeah. of a chat room, it's it's now archived. Can we get can I, we get the can we get Scott to do a chat room on our website? Parsley and Sprouts? Yeah. The chat room, that'd be hilarious. I keep expecting it to blow up the chat room. We, it's gonna come back, man. Have, AOL. Have, I feel like it was, we have a chat room with no one on it at all, and no way, to, no way to register. And it's just, it's just us going. Is there know, anybody there? Hello, hello. <laughs> Check out this like hot water music song <laughs> or whatever. A hot water music song. Do you a hot water music song that destroyed your eardrums? Yes. <sighs> I don't want to talk about it. All right, sorry. It's okay. When Joan is comfortable and and he's not wearing gauze around his head, we'll talk about what happened to his ear holes. We will um, someday. Uh, but something that actually tantalizes your ear holes are today's guests, uh, Matt Taylor and Tony Thaxton. The rhythm section of Motion City soundtrack. We are two away from the whole band. <laughs> yes. Two guitar players away. As you know, we had Jesse Johnson on here a few mm-hmm. months back, one of our first guests. And then we are we're a part of our uh, rhythm section series. Yes. Which started with uh, George and Jason from Hot Water and has now continued with Matt and Tony. <laughs> so yes. Chapter two. Two pretty solid rhythm sections, though. God bless it. I they're mean, good. Yeah. Two sets of guys who were, have been best friends since high school. Yeah. Keep playing together. They have a lot in common, those, those two couples. Those Virginiaites. Uh, no, wait. Hot Water's Florida. Hot Water's Florida. And, uh, Matt and Tony are Virginia. Virginia. So. Right back. They are good, glorious dudes. Oddly enough, here in Rubber Tracks studio where we record our glorious podcast, thank you, Rubber Tracks, I found a Tony Thaxton drumstick. Motion City was here? Mm-hmm. What would they do, like a... They did a kind of a one-off single with a video, I think. Uh, it was a while ago, actually. But it was after we recorded Jesse. He came back. All right. It actually wasn't that much longer after. It was like a month after. Huh. Um. I can't remember the name of the song, but you maybe we'll ca- post the link. Hey. <laughs> Sadly, Brad didn't commit that title to memory. <laughs> <laughs> Bam. <laughs> Those dudes already hate me so much. Pun Master Jay. I guess we uh, could edit this and I can go look it up right now. No, no. I think it's better. I think <laughs> no, it's, it's better way better this way. You know, actually, let's see if they actually mention it in the interview here. Oh. Matt and Tony. What? What? We also are going to premiere a song on this podcast. So oh. keep listening. I did too. You can hear right now the professionalism that goes into everything we think and say. It always sounds good because Brad is that professional. (laughs) Rest of it, kind of just here. Anyway, here's Matt and Tony from Motion City Soundtrack. And listen carefully, there will be a debut. So this is the second in our rhythm section series for going off track. We had on uh, Jason Black and George Rebello from Hot Water Music. Nice. Heard that? Oh, I mean, I haven't heard. That, yes, but you I mentioned told that, me that that we'd done that. Yes, which was awesome. And now, Matt Taylor and Tony Thaxton from Motion City Soundtrack. Indeed. Boom! His new album are. Go is available right freaking now. Yep. Mm-hmm. Indeed. And if you don't have it, you fucked up. <laughs> but you can, but you can, you can still can go get it. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was not it's a limited uh, three-week release. Yeah. I, just meant it, I just meant as a, an error of judgment of taste. <laughs> not right. that you did. Not that it's a way. But I'm glad you all jumped on that immediately. Oh, no, yeah. wait, it's available. <laughs> We're sensitive. Can you tell? <laughs> I bought it on the uh, the Me Tunes uh, oh. the other day. I got the full-on extended version. I was psyched. 
Nice. Yeah, it was twelve ninety nine, not nine ninety nine. I'm not premium. screwing around. Right on. With Brett Gerowitz, thanks you for those three dollars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Brett, you are welcome. Thank you for taking me to that Italian restaurant years ago. <laughs> it was very nice and uh, not many Fazoli's. People. No, um, uh, it's really hard to get into. You can't get into it. Oh, Magianos. No, it's another one. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> yes, pizza. pizza. Il Molino. Il Molino. Mm. Oh, and yeah, you, I go you, all the time. You no, get in there, and it's and the tables are all cramped. And before they bring you the menus, they give you food. Really? It was ridiculous. They I just start. Like that. They just start, and they and they have a giant uh, uh, wheel of Parmesan, which I uh, I would have just eaten that. I've been <laughs> fine with that. And they just start. They shove a knife in it, and the wheel of Parmesan, and then they just hand you chunks of Parmesan, and the place just reeks of just. Like, like old school Italian, like we've been here for years. This is how we do it. Do not argue with us. Order. We'll give it to you if we deem you worthy. So you do actually still order food. Yeah, eventually. They don't just bring you food. Because I heard no. about a Mexican place in L.A. recently that you don't order. You just come in. They ask you like a couple of questions, like what kind of meat do you want? And like, Are you like allergic that. to anything? I hope yeah, that's like, a question. I, I think things like that. And then they just bring you food. Like and I've heard it's a steakhouse approach. I back it. So what steakhouse? Eat, like a Brazilian steakhouse, you just turn over the little card that's green, and the meat just keeps coming. Green means until go. You turn it back to red, and then you're like, "Hang on, I need two minutes to digest my meat." Yeah, but oh, with that, like over. you get like your choices of meat. This, this apparently, like they actually like prepare some sort of meal, but you just you don't really know what that's they're going to make you. And you and Tony, how did you guys meet? Because I feel like you guys have known each other for a really long time, right? Ninth grade gym class. What? Uh, we were the stars of the class, and we really had a lot in common. No, we, we sat on the bleachers together when the other guys played basketball. Literally, that's what we did. Where, where in ninth grade? Where What town? Uh, in Mechanicsville, Virginia, which is just outside of Richmond. Oh, I know it well. And I'm from Springfield, Virginia, and went to school oh, in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Right. right. And spent a lot of time in Richmond, city of Yuck, Virginia. Where now? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I come uh, September, 20 years that we've wow. been and, and then we just reveal that we're old. Yep, it's true. Wow. But, uh, we, we've been playing together. We started out guitar and drums, a little secret. But um, yeah, I guess it's been about 20 years. We've so been when playing. did you stop playing drums, Matt? Um, professionally? <laughs> 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 started at five and uh, I don't know. Picked up the guitar at eight, so I guess around eight. Ah, uh, yes. So those are my uh, those are my years, five to eight. All right, yeah. Good. Us Not- starting to play together was him coming over to my house, and we would take turns. Uh, sometimes I'd play guitar, sometimes I'd play drums, and vice versa. And we would uh, basically make up Green Day medleys <laughs> and like jam Green Day medleys. Oh, and we have tapes, really, have tapes and tapes <laughs> of these recordings. And we have a few originals too. I don't know if we ever had lyrics on them, but uh, mm, but they were they were real <laughs> good. Let me tell you, they were something. So when it, so you just migrated to stay at drums? Well, I I was always a drummer. I just dabbled on guitar. Ah, yes, as, as drummers are wont to do. Yes. Yeah. And then we met what we just met Justin, a couple other dudes at school. Um, they were in art class, I think, with you, or at least Justin was. Yes, not Justin just, Pierre, not uh, Justin Pierre, another sorry, Justin. Justin. But yeah, uh, we we just kind of met these other dudes, and I was like, well, I'll just play bass, since we have two other guitar players, and then that's how that happened. My sister happened to have a bass lying around. What? That uh, Yeah, isn't that weird? That she didn't really Just use. for kicks? Yeah, why not? 
Wow. And let's Never not know. forget bass amp. Bass amp. Not, it literally, uh, <laughs> there was no brand on this amp. It just said bass. <laughs> and it was huge. It was like, the handle was like this high, so you couldn't really lift ergonomically. It didn't work at all. But it did have wheels. I think Champ might have that amp. I know. It's amazing. I, think, I feel like I, I ended up buying it from like your dad or something. Yes. And then That's right. someone borrowed it from me and then I you never saw seen it, it again. Since. <laughs> Where is bass? And then who knows? And then did you like after high school decide like we're gonna go to college, to the same college and keep playing or just go into playing? No, that was we, we split up for a couple years there, but we still we had a band going at that point but i went to a different school about an hour and a half away he stayed in town and went to vcu for a little bit mm-hmm. um, but we would still you know i'd come home for the weekends we'd play shows and vcu did you go to twisters oh, oh yeah, yeah. we played twisters many 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 times yucky yeah <laughs> quite, quite not yucky. exactly the nicest place but i no. definitely miss that like whenever you'd go to there was a record store called sound hole they'd have a little flyer and every night of the month you know there's touring bands coming through is that the place that also sold porn uh, I don't think so, unless that was in the back room that I never Because there was in. a record store in Richmond I remember going into where they were like, here's videos, and I walked over and I'm like, these aren't, like, action comedies. <laughs> well, a minute. I, I mean, the name Soundhole definitely yeah. makes it yeah. uh, sound that sound I remember yeah. going, visiting yeah. people in Richmond. Um, and, of course, Plan 9. Yep. Yeah. That's still there? It's hanging on. Yeah. It's definitely, yeah. It's, it's not as glorious as it once was. Well, the one in Charlottesville is still there, I think. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Plan Nine Records. Support your local mm-hmm. record store. Yes. <laughs> uh, so you separated, uh, returned, and decided to form. I'm trying to remember the name of the band. Submerge. That's or it. No, that, that, that was, was yeah. That was going. yeah. We were doing that for a while because that started while we were in high school. I think mm-hmm. like junior year of high school, and that went on through. I think we broke up uh, beginning of 2001, and uh, right before that is when we met. Justin and Josh, Motion City, and because uh, we played a show together uh, while doing, you know, super small van tours to, you know, play in front of five people. So Submerge played a show, and Justin and Josh were in a band. Mm-hmm. And what was their band? Motion, Motion City, City. Soundtrack. <laughs> what? <laughs> they were. They it were was a different lineup, four piece at that time. Ah, How long ago was that? That, that would have been two thousand. Okay, yeah. that was the very first tour that they ever did, and obviously different bass player, drummer. We met at that show, kept in touch, started like exchanging shows. If they came to the East Coast, we would we would play with them out there. We came to the Midwest; they hooked us up with shows. Uh, a few months later, we uh, our band broke up, and then uh, they ended up uh, that drummer ended up leaving, and they asked me to join, and I said yes. And then I hung up the phone, and I had this, like, sinking feeling in my stomach. I was like, I don't think I want to do this. <laughs> and I don't think I even... And I felt so weird about it that I couldn't even pick the phone back up to call Josh and say, I think I regret this. I think I just emailed him. I was like, I don't think I can do this right now. I'm really sorry. And uh, and then, like, a year passed, and I was starting to, like, miss playing... Uh, I was playing in a few other bands, but it wasn't really doing a whole lot. And it's like, I kind of miss playing in a rock band. And uh, I was talking to Josh over IM one night, and he was like, well, if you ever want to really do, really join the band, we're probably going to change drummers again. <laughs> and it's like, 
okay. And then so that time I meant it. And then uh, I started, I literally joined the band and we recorded like the first session of I Am The Movie like two weeks after I joined the band and then uh, did a couple tours and then we decided to get rid of the bass player we had. And I told Matt that we were going to be getting rid of him on like a Saturday night, I think. And then the following Sunday, he and I were driving to Minneapolis for Matt to join the band. So basically, your master plan was a success. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Matt, I, yeah, Matt was definitely the... the Let him wait for a year mm-hmm. and then get that puzzle filled. Yep. Mm-hmm. So the whole time you you're just not playing drums, what were you doing? What was, what was like off uh, drums? I was working a killer job in a warehouse. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Tell me uh, about that. When did you first start stacking? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did it all. I, I, uh, I, sh- I, I was shipped things. I received things. You name it. So you put that degree from DCU receive. to use. Tell, tell us about that pallet jack. You oh, I can, yeah. I, I've I've uh, not just a pallet jack. I could drive a forklift, my what? man. What? Really? Yeah. You need a B yeah. license to do that, I believe. Uh, well, no. technically. <laughs> <Let's get this laughs> uh, yeah. So that was real fun. But I, I was playing in van. I was actually briefly. Uh, it, there was never like an intention. For this to be anything other than fun, I was briefly singing and playing guitar in a band. Yes. It was just real stupid and, and fun. Uh, but that was very short-lived. And then I was playing drums in kind of a artsy-fartsy kind of band that uh, just was not for me. Mm. What did you study in VCU? Music. But I only Started. went for a year. Okay. And I, was, I realized that I'm not a classical percussionist. I'm a rock drummer, and I'm not anything more than that. (laughs) (laughs) No real use for triangle. Well, we find ways. We find ways. Hey, man, you can rock the drum cat. Now, when you were, um, uh, where'd you go to school again? Not VCU, you said. I went to Longwood College at the time. It's Longwood University now. Yeah. Things change. Um, but I studied music there for a couple years. I liked it. It was was small. um, Yeah. and, And what made an impression on me was that, like, Music classes could be anywhere from five people to 15. And, uh, you know, somewhere like VCU or something else, it's just huge. Mm-hmm. I just felt like I was the type of guy that needed more, you know, one-on-one kind of stuff. But you study, like, when you guys study music, you studied music, like, all-encompassing. Yeah. For me, I was always an undecided music major. Kind of like, you know, I, I, all I know is I want to play music. Um, I want to learn it. I don't know exactly what I want to do. Do I want to compose or what? So I was, I was very wide open to anything. And um, I actually went my second year, I went the education route. Pretty much my advisor just went, hey, you're going to be a teacher. I was like, all right, I guess I'm going to teach. And then I dropped out <laughs> <laughs> very shortly after that to play in some merge, our old band, which meant Motion City, which everything aligned. Yes. So, you know. Right on. Well, at least when you like study the education thing, you get, they focus a little more on theory and understanding yes. music. And, right. And, which helps a ton. Yeah, quite a bit. So we've heard. Okay, so uh, so now we're in a band together. So Tony has, you know, he he forced the other bass player out. Obviously, as he just admitted, to get you in the band. <laughs> it wasn't all me. <laughs> and uh, the band begins now. So when I first saw Motion City, it was at Southpaw here in Brooklyn. And was oh, it at one one line drawing in the yeah. week? Or oh, yep. okay, yeah. yeah. Were you? Totally. Was that you? Mm-hmm. Was that, okay, that point. That okay. was right. That was that pretty was, soon after yeah. I okay. joined. Yeah. Just want to keep my cred straight that I saw Matt, not any other. Or person. wait, no, that was 
He'd been in for like a year. At Don't that kill point. it. It was 03 then. Because I think, I think like the epitaph release of I Am The Movie came out like, I want to say like a month after we were on that tour. Like we were kind of like getting ready for the okay. first release. So that was about a year in. Yeah. yeah. I was just scouring my like hard drives of photos, you know, because our generation, we don't print photos. We just have them. Right. And uh, went back and I found a picture of when I first met you guys at Irving Plaza at the Epitaph Tour. I remember that. With for, From First to Last, mm-hmm. Scatter the Ashes, you guys. Mm-hmm. And Matchbook Romance. Matchbook Romance. Yeah. Yes, and that, uh, there was that other band where that dude always took his shirt off. Scatter the Ashes. Oh, Scatter the Ashes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, always. Um, that's the second time today dudes taking their shirts off yes come yes up. that's a common theme here mm-hmm. <laughs> should should, should we, yeah. we can get into that okay. do as you feel <laughs> and i remember i have a photo of you guys and i totally forgot to bring it but we will post it up on the website because oh goody you're all smiling which was much different than every other band on that tour that I had to take a picture of. Right. <laughs> and I, Josh sent me the floppy disk, I Am The Movie, uh-huh. I remember before you guys got signed, which um, was probably worth money. I would think people mm-hmm. would be into that. What was it? Yeah, it was probably, it was probably, probably a pretty worth high ticket. Yeah, yeah, probably a couple mm-hmm. grand at least. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. How, how did that kind of come about? Was that kind of the thing that got you signed? Or what was... A literal floppy disk? It was... Yeah. Explain yeah. it, I guess. It was a pain in the ass is what it was. It looked cool. Yeah, so that's uh, really cool. But yeah, we got a bunch of old floppy disks and we would cut the tops off, pull out the actual disk, put in our compact disk <sighs> in the inside and then put like a sticker on the on the floppy disk that had the name our name and I am the movie on it. And there's I think there ended up being two thousand we did two different pressings of that and I think there's only two thousand that exist. And then there was an unmastered version that we sold in like the very, that was before Matt joined. Mm-hmm. And we, I think there was, those were literally on CDRs and there's a, and we did different color CDRs. There's a hundred of each of those. And so there's, there's four different colors and, uh. And that's like the record wasn't even mastered at that point. That's Matt's just me and your fans. <laughs> that's just getting because there's some kid out there going, "Okay, so now there's a hundred more CDs I have to try and find. Yeah. Complete my collection." Get, each one get in touch with me, kid. Get in touch. Yeah. With me. I, I have. Do you have one that's just blank, or does it have the print on the CD? Do you know? I don't know what the what the actual CD looks like. I can't remember. Yeah, because I don't even us. have one of the. Uh, the real one, the one that I have, like one of the hundred. I don't have one of the ones with the I think printing on same it. Here. So hmm. I want one myself. All right. We can talk. All right. <laughs> we can <laughs> exchange a, a few things. Yes. Right on. So the, so that was when, that's uh, I Am The Movie, right? Mm-hmm. Which one time I interviewed you and I said, you are the movie. And Tony corrected me on live television. <laughs> <laughs> don't think I didn't forget it. Apparently that's what I, I do. I've been I've been told I don't always have to correct people. No, you should. <laughs> That's what I think. I, if I if I if I screw up, I call myself out on it. I feel the same way, and I feel that if I'm in a situation and someone says something incorrect, and I don't correct them, and someone else corrects them, then I feel like I should have been first. <laughs> it should have been me who jumped on that. Speaking of correct, that guy should not have come in here. Just yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably Leon. Um, all right, so uh, that's when uh, I first met you guys around, I think it was Commit This to Memory. And 
uh, you came through Fuse, and I think I interviewed you first, and then you came on and played, mm-hmm. which was great because for those of you who know Stevens and Todd, a rock show at Fuse, when a band came on and played, we were just very picky about it. Like we chose all the bands, and we really just chose people we really liked oh, really? <laughs> and because we only had a budget for a certain amount of performances so we were very specific so we wanted you guys to come on that's why there was no audience because we didn't want anyone else to enjoy it <laughs> we just wanted it to just be for the team and the crew and keep it i don't know it's like and no viewers yeah <laughs> well here's my thing man if you're they watching a band pl- if you're watching a band perform on tv watch them on letterman or fallon or even jay leno or just any talk show they don't cut the shots of the crowd i don't need to see a crowd enjoying themselves yeah. to like the band you know i want to watch them perform and i like watching bands perform so we're going to give you an experience you're not going to see anywhere else you know it's then kind of weird because then you're done playing and it's silent Wait a minute. I believe you guys had that experience on Conan O'Brien. Oh, we did, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. No, we that, did. that tale that has already been told on that podcast. Okay, completely so. incorrect, by the way. <laughs> what? Yeah. I, I, see, here I go again, correcting people. <laughs> no, I, I listened to that episode with Jesse. And I actually, I talked to him the other night. I was like, you know, I listened to that episode. Pretty sure... 75% of the stories you told were just completely incorrect. And but he was like, knew it. I know. He like, <laughs> realized later, he's like, oh, man. But I thought, there's no way anyone will know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is so funny. I love that he knew already. He's like, I know. It's, yeah, specifically his Conan story. Like, I think he had like three main points. All three were incorrect. Oh, that's awesome. He had like the gist, yeah. like... Most of the story was well. He, set the record straight. So you're so playing on then late night with Conan O'Brien's a big deal for a band because not a lot of shows have bands on them in the evening. So uh, or late night, especially oh, was, your band because you guys are all into that kind of stuff so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, no, that was uh, that's still like a huge like highlight of being in this band for me is when we got to do that. I'm dying to do it again. And he listens to this, right? So Conan, yeah, yeah. Conan definitely. Is a I big know fan. for a fact Conan O'Brien listens to this show. Cool. Well, hopefully, you know he'll hear this. And... But uh... yeah, so you, get, so you get booked on late night with Conan O'Brien. What really happened? What really happened? First, you play in front. You 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 get introduced, ladies and gentlemen, Motion City soundtrack. Yes, Conan we, O'Brien. And so we played. We played. Everything is all right. Felt felt okay about it. It went well. Jesse said that uh, our in-ears were not working. Completely incorrect. They <laughs> absolutely worked. Heard everything fine. Uh, and we played the song, and then uh, we walked off stage, and they said, don't change your clothes or anything. We're going to have to have you guys redo that. And so, because their, their board crashed right before we played. And uh, so we came back out and played it to... Me? Just the yeah, Jonah, <laughs> some cameraman, and uh, yeah, Matt's sister, and then Jay Weinberg was uh, Max's son was sitting at Max's drums watching us play. <laughs> Those were like the only people in the room, uh, and and Conan had already left. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, literally, like Conan wasn't there, uh, and yeah, I, it was it was it was strange. But I think yeah, Jesse said we didn't know that we were going to. Yeah. Not play to anyone, but they told us that before. Oh, so you didn't know. <laughs> you, were, you were full on aware that there was going to be no one there. Yes. But then, you know, you, you get a little redemption. You get to play Fallon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, I think that was the, the, uh, the, mo- we haven't done that many 
shows, and that was definitely the most smooth any of them went. That's a good show because you do that, then you get the web uh, song. They put they we throw... didn't get to do that. Oh, you didn't? No. Well, I'm glad I took it away from you. Then. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Thanks Sorry. for uh, bringing up the source. Thanks for correcting me. <laughs> Damn it to heck. Um. <clears throat> So I wanted to ask, a lot of people think, you know, you've really changed since you moved to L.A. and kind of have this kind of L.A. attitude. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tony, Tony's changed like, How do you respond to that, I guess? Well. So, I'm sorry. Tony, can I correct Jonah? Please. Tony lives in Glendale. It's true. <laughs> Not L.A. Yes, that is true. It's different. I'm There's L.A. Only... adjacent. Yeah. Oh, I've been there. Yeah. What did they say, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Tony lives near many outdoor Outdoor shopping areas mm-hmm. and True. movie theaters. Yes, that's how I, L.A. I am. I like to go to Barnes and Noble and, <laughs> and, and read uh, screenplays. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what I do. <laughs> I sit and write screenplays all day, <laughs> wearing sunglasses on your phone, and have a little dog in a bag. That sounds great. You shouldn't say L.A. adjacent. You should say east of Atwater. Because that just makes it sound super cool. Like, oh, wow, he's in the thick of it. <laughs> he's right there. So uh, one thing that I love about Motion City Soundtrack, among many things, is the songwriting process. And if I'm correct, Tony will correct me. Um, <clears throat> uh, Please don't be correct. Please don't be correct. <laughs> you usually do the drums first, right? Uh, Steven. <laughs> here we go uh no we we don't really have an exact way we kind of uh uh just do whatever works like in in the first few records yeah i would usually do the drums first unless uh, your arm is broken yes uh <laughs> yeah when we did our last record my dinosaur life i i broke my arm and uh it was right as we were supposed to be finishing up writing and starting Dude, recording. Don't bury the lead. Tell everyone how you broke your arm and how long it took for you to realize your arm was broken. And maybe not you, maybe the medical world. Uh, well, first of all, I broke it because I fell. Sober, correct? <laughs> uh, no. Hmm. <laughs> it, was, it was New Year's, right? It, it was New Year's. It was literally an hour into the New Year started out the new year by falling and breaking my arm i I literally do not blame the beverages i just it was just one of those things that i kind of slipped and fell and fell exactly the wrong way you think someone dealing with rhythm rhythm and time and keeping beats with their feet would have more coordination wouldn't you jonah oh believe me it's not a that's that's why that's why i was so shocked that i broke my arm because i i fall plenty i can't tell you how many (laughs) stairs i've fallen down in my life yeah especially for all those years of playing football and not being injured oh yeah don't get me started on my athletic past (laughs) yes (laughs) um so then you were misdiagnosed or something yeah i went to the emergency room and they sent me home telling me that i just sprained my arm uh and that didn't seem right to me because i couldn't move it at all it hurt like nothing i've ever felt and uh, because i'd never broken anything in my life and uh they so they sent me home with just a sling and some painkillers and uh i can only end well yeah they (laughs) uh because what i found out afterwards was that they just x-rayed like my shoulder they didn't x-ray my arm for some reason so they only looked at above where the break was and if you've ever seen the picture of the x-ray it's completely broken like it was not attached anymore to the rest of my 
my lower arm was not attached to my The silence arm. you're hearing is me trying to keep my vomit down. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so then that was then New Year's Day, which then fell on a Friday. So then it was the weekend. So I couldn't even like go to see a real doctor because it was the weekend. And because uh, I was convinced that it was broken. And uh, so I went to see a doctor on like that Monday or Tuesday as soon as I could get in. And he, I find out later, once again, they don't x-ray my whole arm. He x-rayed basically like my elbow and down. And, uh, and then so he tells me then he's worried that maybe I tore a muscle or something. Uh, so then he sends me to get an MRI and do the MRI, which is not a pleasant process if you've ever done it. If you're claustrophobic at all, it's, it's not fun. Uh, they, as soon as it was over with and I got out of the machine, they came in, they're like, you know, your arm is broken, right? (laughs) Was it literally the words they said? And, uh, I was just like, I, I was pretty sure, but they kept telling me they thought maybe I tore a muscle and things like that. So then they sent me right back to the doctor and then he finally x-rays my entire arm and it's like, oh yeah. And then he shows me the x-ray and it blew my mind. At any point this. after he x-rayed the second time, did you say, way to go, fuck nuts? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh... You see that degree on the wall? That's mine now. <laughs> I'm taking it home and crossing your name out and writing in fuckface. <laughs> God, yeah, it was, it was all it. unbelievable. And all you did was make me, when you told me that story the first time, was make me go, yeah, the people that get the wrong leg amputated, yeah, doctors are human beings who are morons sometimes. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. it just angers me. So then you had to get surgery, right? Yeah, a couple months went by. We were hoping it would heal. It wasn't healing. We tried. I actually I switched doctors. We tried a couple different approaches. Nothing worked. So I had to get surgery. Had a plate put in. Uh, did months of physical therapy. That's when we were recording the record. I was going to physical therapy in the morning and then going and tracking drums in the afternoon. And that's what led to this conversation. We did drums last because everybody was nice enough to work with me on this situation so. i heard matt was real dick about it well <laughs> it's hard playing to uh robo drums you know Duh. yeah they just played along to like oh. demo drums or program drums i mean they were awesome i programmed them they're pretty good <laughs> pretty good program drums but no seriously it's, it's it was quite an experience because you know when you're used to playing with this guy totally he beats the crap out of the drums and then you go play to like you can't even hear the drums hardly. No energy. No energy. At all. So you're like in there, like trying to imagine what it would feel like if he was actually playing. And anyway, yeah, it was it was strange. It was kind of nice for me though because by the time I got to the songs, I'd been hearing them for a while. Because you know sometimes things change in the studio, and uh, so like the song was kind of laid out for me, and the changes that the natural changes that happen because sometimes when you do drums first things happen and then you're like oh i wish i would have known this was going to happen then i would have done this there and so it's kind of nice in that respect for me i know everyone else hated it but i mean at any point you're sitting there talking to these doctors and like i'm a drummer yeah i'm a drummer yeah fix my fucking arm i'm a drummer yeah by the way yeah you hear that text that's rick allen yeah fuck you i'm a drummer (laughs) you know yeah yeah it was it was not fun and then just I'll 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 wrap because I can ramble about the arm for a while. But 
I got to play, did physical therapy, recorded the record, started playing shows, and then months and months went by. And then uh, suddenly my arm, this was, I had my surgery in April, and then in like late October, my arm got very red and swollen. And uh, then I, so I went to see, actually, no, I, did, I was going to go see a doctor in a few days, but uh, we were actually here in Brooklyn and I stayed at Jesse's place, and uh, I woke up in the morning, and my arm was just unbelievably red and huge. And uh, so I went to the emergency room. That was a hellacious experience. I was there all day long. By the end of the day, it had gotten so swollen that my scar actually started to rip open a little bit. <laughs> Why do you want me to vomit on the podcast? Just telling you the truth, man. Uh, and the, the emergency room, just to fit with my theme of what had been happening was just a disaster. Everyone was telling me different things. Then they wanted to, after literally I was there for over 12 hours with trying to get someone to see me. And, uh, then they wanted to just admit me for the night. They told me that they were pretty sure it was infected. Uh, and they were like, we'll, we'll admit you and then we'll see you in the morning. I was like, well, at this point. It's like, I want to just fly home and see my doctor. Yeah. So I wrapped my arm up, left the hospital, flew home the next morning, went straight to the doctor as soon as I got home. And uh, yeah, my arm was infected. I went into surgery like a couple days later and uh, I had to go into surgery twice within a couple days because the infection was so nasty. They took the plate out and cleaned out all the gross crap that was in my arm. So is there there metal in your arm now? Are you still a cyborg? they, They took it out. When the infection happened, the the good thing about it happening at all and so much later than the initial surgery was the bone had healed under the plate. So if that hadn't happened, I would have had to like start all over again with physical therapy and all that garbage. It's got to be so daunting as a musician to like, especially, you know, when you're using your limbs mm-hmm. to do something to to just get yourself back into shape and especially to be able to do what you do and play how you play you know which is well um very well it's thank you i i was i think about it like daunting and like do you have that point of uh pre-surgery post-surgery like oh i remember how i played this song before then like this is a little harder for me or uh not really it was maybe a little bit at first and i will say that when the plate was in my arm, I did play some shows like that, and it did feel weird, and it just felt off. Uh, but then, once they took the plate out, like I totally felt back to normal. Like I still maybe was a little weak because it had been doing nothing for so long. But uh, yeah, like I feel like the plate was just had this weird effect on me. The well, whole it's time. harder for the CIA to track your movements without the plate now, so. I have no witty retort. <laughs> well, what I think might be interesting for people who don't know you guys personally and just know the band is that, Matt, you're really into metal. Tony, you're really into Huey Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> who isn't? <laughs> it's true. Love yeah, true. We're all over the place. <laughs> yeah, which I think is interesting because you might not know that just based on the music. Right. Justin's I, into the Carpenters. Yeah. Like big time. Um, I had no idea profession, about the... though. <laughs> yes. I had no idea about the the metal thing, but Huey Lewis, God, I love Huey Lewis. They're fantastic pop songs. Yeah, Tell me they're not. Dude, they're perfect. I, I literally play them for my children. Like, they're awesome. You're a good dad. Now to get nerdy. Um, and not nerdy as far as comic books, which we can veer towards. But um, stuff that I don't know anything about. 
when you're recording a record, and I've heard that you, Matt, can play everything. You can sit down. Oh, that's definitely true. Yeah, everything. <laughs> sit down. <laughs> Piano. I've heard you're an amazing flautist. Oh, um, your, bas- your bassoon work is subtle. Oh, don't get me started on his bassoon work. <laughs> bassoon and station. Don't the <laughs> yeah. And of course. Uh, how bassoon do we have to get out of here? Um, <laughs> Two bassoon. Oh, two bassoon. <laughs> two bassoon. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Wow. Not even a sousaphone reference. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wow. Two in one. Impressive, Tony. Wow. Oh, Impressive. That's what we call a twofer. <laughs> so when you're recording, either on bass or piano or guitar or drums, as they say, <laughs> it's going to sound stupid, and I'm proud to ask these guys. Do you write down every note so you can remember it for later, or you just trust yourself to remember it, or does thing do things get transcribed? We we don't we don't write anything typically. It, literally, we don't write anything anymore, anywhere. I don't know how to write anymore with all these electronics. But um, no, it's it's all up here, which is about the only thing I can remember these days. And in, in my age, is uh, music. On a yeah, on a okay. very very rare occasion, I might write myself like some notes about a song like if i want to remember how long a certain section is or like a, that i want a specific fill in this one specific spot that's really rare and that's not like musical at all like it's literally like this part is four times like literally those words just written out it's not like any sort of like reading music see that amazes me because your playing tony is, is like to me very technical and so damn precise and spot on every time I've seen you play, which is a bunch. So I always think, like, how the hell do you remember that? No, you're playing it all the time, and that's what you do for a living. It's your job, your art. So you are doing it over and over and over again. You do that because you like it, you know? Um, mm. I'm sure there are songs that you get bored playing, but someone out there listening loves that tune, so you're not going to deny them that. But when you're playing, I mean... Do you always play it exact every time? Like Neil, Neil Port said that for um, Tom Sawyer, he said, I never play it. He said, like, that song is so hard for me to play mm. that I, I never play it right the way I did it the first time each time. I'm yeah. paraphrasing, obviously. Um, but he, that like, sometimes I'll play it and be like, oh, yeah, I really nailed it that time. Mm-hmm. You know, do you guys feel that way about certain tunes? Um, yeah, I try to pretty much play everything like I play them on the records, unless, like, as time went on, like, I have this thing that came to me that was like, oh, that sounds cool there, I want to add that. But it's usually something very minimal, and, like, but, yeah, for the most part, I try and, and play everything pretty much how it's recorded. Do, do you think, Phil, that in Emotion City there's, like, a musical, like, director, or is it really a collective? I think it's it's definitely a, a collective thing, but um, sometimes in the studio there are people that are more involved, just kind of that stay in the control room, and some people like to get away and kind of clear their heads a little bit. Where do you fall? Um, I'm usually in there um, if I'm you know not directly listening uh, or directly focused. I'm listening, you know, I'll like read something, but I'll be there kind of mm-hmm. just to I don't know maybe it's a control thing. I have no idea, but I do like to be there, and Josh is usually there too, and. Um, and depend. It just depends on what. Well, we're I mean, doing. coming from your background of how you studied music and, yeah. and where you come from, is playing for so long in high school and then going to college and learning about composition. Whether or not you finish the degree or not, right. certain things stay with you, and you get yeah. to a point where you're like, "I've learned what I needed to learn. Let's go implement it." Right. You know, that yeah. sounds like he's what definitely happened. the most knowledgeable 
musician in the band for sure you guys take it to the and maybe all bands do this or maybe all bands should but i remember seeing you with a laptop uh in a green room looking at your stage setup and i don't think that's changed i think you guys were very specific about where the drums go where jesse sits where the guitars are we might have been planning a tour an upcoming tour or Mm -hmm. something and talking lighting or something back then yeah yeah we're i mean we're pretty hands-on with everything that we can be you know videos to whatever um we just like to kind of be in charge you guys do of ourselves you, I think you guys do do a lot of fun stuff with videos he said do do and you guys have a new video yeah we do yes have a new video yeah we shot it in philly with jesse kane josh's it, brother josh's brother it's kind of a one take thing in reverse. One take from trippy. Motion City. That's interesting. Isn't it sounds like every time I've talked to Justin about doing a video, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking. About. <laughs> yeah. I like that sort of thing. So it always works. Yeah, for yeah, I like it. After you're done with it, I hate it. <laughs> yeah, it seems. Oh my gosh, it must be way harder. Is, is definitely not my favorite thing to do. Yeah, it's you get you get bored or you just get annoyed. You feel One like day. you, you feel like you're days. getting away from it. I feel I feel that videos are kind of going a different route well I, yeah, that's I mean, something i've been wondering is like i i'm not saying i'm right about that I, it's literally i just wonder is is who who watches them do mm-hmm. people still watch them i i honestly sure, don't know a few but few. not nearly as many as Mm-mm. you know that, that used to watch them i guess maybe on your website but i you know i i, I think that music videos are going to end up be being similar to what happened with the beatles or the beatles got so tired of touring they just wanted to make short films of their songs mm-hmm. you know that didn't have them playing or doing yeah. anything. And I see that as really going to what I used to rail against about music videos. Like I always wanted to watch a band play. I didn't want to watch a story or something mm-hmm. happen. Now I kind of want to watch a story and see something happen. In one of your videos, um, I'm so bad with song titles. Thank you, iTunes. I just go with tracks. Yeah. Um, with you. Video off of uh, what the kids dressed as the heart. Broken, Broken heart. heart. Broken heart. You'd think I would have remembered that <laughs> off that record. Um, what's that record called? Even, Even if, if it kills me. That's the one. I was going to say this is for real, but that's a song off that record. Yes, it is. Um, that, you guys aren't even in that video. Yeah, that was no. my favorite video shoot. <laughs> I going to say, it's a fun video, right? It's yeah. very cute. It's yeah. great. It gets the point across. It's mm-hmm. cool. That was another Jesse Kane. That production? was another Jesse Kane yeah. joint. Yep. See? Good shit. Definitely. I, I was When you guys were coming on, I was sort of thinking... Um, I think your career has been so interesting because I feel like you guys never have had like that rejects kind of like crazy everywhere thing, but it's been so consistent. Whereas some of the bands you came up with, like like mm-hmm. Matchbook Romance or the Matches or all these bands, kind of you know don't still exist. I mean, how do you guys think you've been able to kind of do you like being in that spot? Because I feel like you guys can go anywhere and play a pretty big club and sell it out from year to year. It doesn't kind of get smaller. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a good spot to be. It's kind of what we decided right when I joined. We were. Um, we had just gotten management and we were talking to lawyers and, you know, kind of making that move. And, and our decision at that time was to be a career band. And we kept comparing ourselves to like a Sonic Youth type thing that, um, you know, rather than just hop on the radio and just have this huge hit right away when we were young and didn't know anything, we were like, let's just get in the van and just build a fan base and work hard for it. And that's what we did. And we're really, you know, we're lucky, um, but we, we definitely worked for it. And it's what we asked for. And anything from here is, you know, cool. Do you feel you gained anything by uh, going the major label route for a short time? 
I say short time, two album cycles. It's not really short. Yeah, I mean, it, it's... Yeah, we just... Just one record. One record. Um, it was supposed to be more, but uh, we got dropped, um, <laughs> which is fine. <laughs> um, I don't know. It, it's hard to say. I feel like we, you know, we, we did more with Epitaph. I mean, mm-hmm. they were cool. It was It was a cool, smooth transition. They were really artist-friendly and let us make a lot of decisions and... Um, I think they trusted us, and I think they saw from our track record that we were able to kind of take care of ourselves. So I feel like they didn't have a real heavy hand in the process. Yeah, um, it, was, that, it was it was a thing where like it it seemed great at at, at least at all, leading up to the release of the record, and then right when the record came out, and then like a month later, it kind of seemed like all right. Well, yeah, we're off the radar kind of thing, and also we. We going in had in our heads that Lifeless Ordinary was going to be our leading single. And they decided, no, we want Her Words Destroyed My Planet. We're going to go this alternative route. But if this doesn't work, we'll do Lifeless right after that. We're like, okay. It was kind of a plan B situation. And then Her Words went, did, didn't do much, you know, in the radio world or whatever. And then we find out, you know, shortly thereafter that we're dropped. And like, oh, okay. Well, we just kind of were pissed at first because we feel like we didn't really get a chance. But that's yeah. it. You know, other than that. Well, it's got to be frustrating if the single that you thought would be make a bigger splash, you know, mm-hmm. you're catering to what you think is their experience. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and it just never got that chance. We ended up making a video for it, but mm-hmm. with our own money. Yeah. Like but there's three. There was a there was a video before Her Words Destroyed disappear. My Planet. Disappear. Yes. Without yeah. you, Tony? <laughs> yeah. yeah actually, was... I, was, I was just thinking that. That was actually shot the day that I was in the emergency room all day with my arm exploding. Uh, and so there you see someone playing drums in that video, and that would be uh, our old tour manager, Brian Southall, now in the, the company we keep. Uh, yeah, he, it's, that's not me. You never see a face. Bastards. You just see, like, lower, lower body. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Hot. Um, and, Matt, I wanted to know if you would talk about your wedding because i think it sounds like the coolest theme <laughs> oh, ever God. i've I mean, seen photos i might have to have tony chime in because it's kind of a blur for me <laughs> but uh it was it was awesome we just decided to have a halloween wedding right around halloween and require as opposed to, to halloween up. around april fool's day yes fair enough <laughs> yes. <Ooh>. corrected <laughs> um, tony i'm with you this feels nice yeah. <laughs> you guys no we just wanted to have a very non-traditional you know, well, you rushed nuance. into it at first, so it's like, yeah, oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man, inside humor. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, but yeah. Wait, I'm sorry. Were you with someone for a long time before getting married? Yes. Mm. If you consider, you know, twelve years a long time, <laughs> it's only over. Well, you gotta make life. sure. <laughs> you know? That's what I said. I he totally agree. To at least get to that baker's dozen before he. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's yeah. the yeah. No, we just got weird, and had fun with the wedding. Um, just wanted to have some good pictures. So make everyone dress up, and this guy came as Macho Man Randy Savage, and oh, yeah. his lady was Elizabeth, and he had a pocket full of Slim Jims that he was handing out to the, everyone at the at the wedding. I kind of forgot I did that. Yeah, that was a good move. Right. I thought about it because I bought some little Slim Jims the other day, but um, it, it was fun. It was fun. So you, I, you, did you dress up? No, or you guys were the normal. We the... were we were the only okay non. I don't know. Maybe we did look weird. I don't know, but we we tried to look like yeah, a, yeah. a bride and groom. He was just but, in a suit, and he did, you did have, like, a, a, I, a hat. I, I wore, like, a kinda, bowler yes. hat kind of thing. But I, I remember we posted, like, on the, the the band Facebook page or whatever, like, a picture from the wedding, and uh, someone was, like, commenting on, like, what all of us were dressed as, and they were like, Matt, 
I love Matt as Patrick Stump. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Why do I not remember that? You didn't know they were seeing that? No. That's amazing. <laughs> um, well, before we, we also have to talk about Fresh Beats. Oh, my God. <laughs> now I, I actually already forgot. I, uh, before, we, before we hear about Fresh Beats, um, uh, as our listeners know, uh, always Joan and I are here for the interviews. Sometimes Brad, sometimes Brad and Mike. Brad couldn't be with us today. Uh, we were talking about Fresh Beats, and Brad was like, I know this band. And I went, no, you know the Fresh Beat band because you have a four-year-old. Yes, which I, <laughs> we heard about this like way after we made this stupid song. Of course. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it, it actually kind of bummed me out a little bit. I was like, oh, that's a thing? Yeah, on, <laughs> on Nick Jr. Yeah. Yeah, that, well, this is not a Nick Jr. No. friendly <laughs> song. Let's just Then you need to keep the name. Let that be known. I think that we should premiere it on the podcast though that's you know we discussed this is this is gonna be a huge get for you guys yeah this is a big deal i know this you know well let's we've been keeping this thing under wrap for over a year now yeah this is something he and i literally did late nights while we were recording go uh there may have been some alcohol involved Mm. and many bored nights and uh are all your bones still together Bones are still together. Uh, there was, yeah, it's just, it was just fun and, and very entertaining to us. Maybe only us. Maybe. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out. That's yeah. fine. Maybe how would you this podcast? Maybe how, you won't. How would you describe it if you were going to do as they say in the film world a long a log line? You're going to say, you know, it's Pulp Fiction meets mm. Snow White. You know? I would. It's like DJ Jazzy Jeff. <laughs> Not the Fresh Prince meets Michael McDonald meets. <laughs> what would you? I'm thinking the late Michael Jackson may resurrect and want to record this song himself. That's what I was going to say too. Yeah. Well, I'm in. Yeah, that's very exciting. You got me hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> it's a hot track, you guys. <laughs> We're excited about it. Shit, yeah. Fresh beats. Right on. So you're back on Epitaph and you're happy? Yes. Do you feel like you never left? Do you feel, do you feel like there was, um, they'll be back? Yeah. Because yeah. Brett said, you can come back whenever you want. <laughs> like, even when we were yeah. on a major. I mean, the guy, it doesn't get more friendly than that. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, if you ever need a home, come on back. Like, oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. So we, we took him up on that. That's awesome. Brett, I, I moderated an interview between him and Fat Mike for AP. At nice. the Epitaph offices, and I feel like Brett is so intimidating to me because it's he, just I'm such a big fan of everything he's done and Bad Religion, and then he just he was like, so what's this about? Like he just seems so on top of it, and yeah, he's he's very he he's intimidating in a very intelligent way, and I'm exactly not. so it's like ugh. he's also pretty goofy though at the same yeah time. yeah like, I is. mean that in a positive way. It's a good yeah. mix of yeah, like goofing around and like really knowing what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. My one of my favorite Brett memories is him taking us out to dinner after an LA show when we were touring with the All American Rejects, mm. and Mikey from the Rejects was with us. He's he was he like wanted to come because he loves Bad Religion and all, so he was excited to go like have dinner with Brett, and, uh, <laughs> and I guess Brett like forgot that Mikey was actually from All American Rejects, and we're just sitting at the table, and Brett just goes. So be honest, you guys are blowing them off the stage every night, right? And we're, and, and we're like, what? No, like, 
he's in the band. We're not going to say that. And Brett just goes, oh, excuse me, and grabs his foot and then brings it towards his mouth. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> That's righteous. Brilliant. So go is in stores right now on Epitaph Records. Yes. Still available. <laughs> it is, is it? Can we check if that's still available? <laughs> yeah, I, I, we might be out of MP3s. I'm not <laughs> yeah. sure. You can run out of those. <laughs> Crap. Gotta do a new pressing. Yes. <laughs> um, how long is this tour? Uh, it's almost done already. We only have a couple more days. It wasn't really that long, but we we just go home for a couple of days, and uh, but then we're doing some stuff in Asia. I saw that Malaysia, Malaysia, yes. and then we go to Japan, and then we come home, and then we go to Korea for one show. <laughs> South, yes, Korea. really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess. I know, Kim, shocker, right? I heard Kim Jong Un was a big fan. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've heard he likes my dinosaur life. He, he might come down for the show. He's, okay. he if that's us. true, that's unbelievable. So Matt and Tony, straight out of the suburbs of Richmond, Virginia. For those of you who live in Re- Richmond, Virginia, um, why why are you living there? Maybe you should move. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm not. I've <laughs> no, been you there. Live. Yeah, wow. God, no, boy. actually, Richmond. There's some cool parts. You should stay there for a little while, but not. See what else is out there. Get out of the squad (laughs) and stop writing poetry. Yeah, you can always go back. Publish your poetry, go visit, maybe hang out. You can go back and have kids. Yeah. Not in Richmond. (laughs) Maybe even Mechanicsville outside some of those joints. Uh, I love those dudes. I love that whole band. Yes. And speaking of which, if you're interested in hearing Fresh Beats, you should head to our website where we will be debuting their, their song on the site. Now, full disclosure, when we told brad that it was fresh beets he got visibly angry <laughs> and slightly violent because he hates vegetables he's like they're awful <laughs> he's a kale no <laughs> screw this for those of you listening who have children there's a television show on, on well Nick you don't Jr. have to tell those people you want to tell the people that don't have children oh yeah for those of you who don't if you have, have children you're you know. seething with rage <laughs> wait i have no idea what you guys are talking about as usual when it there's a show on, on Nickelodeon, I think it's on Nick Jr., called The Fresh Beat Band. And it's everything you hate about kids' shows and music. It seems to be, the casting seems to be some sort of, like, white cult, where even the ethnic people appear white. It, it is a weird, <laughs> it, it is a weird cultural perspective where you have, you have the, it's, it's a band, and they sing songs, and they solve problems, and you have the... The, there, there's a DJ, and he's the white dude. The white dude's the rapper, which I guess is... I don't know if that was... I, I can't tell if that's culturally diverse and cool or if it's the opposite. And then you have the keyboard player, who's who's the main singer, and he's black. And then you have a girl drummer, who's not a drummer. <laughs> and I don't know her name. And then you have the guitar player girl who sings really well. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume Jewish descent from her, mm-hmm. I think. I get that I vibe. I would say. But they they sing well, and I I was like, oh, this is you know it'll bleed on if you have that if you have kids and you have something on the background. For the most part, my kids ignore the TV and go back to playing unless it's Elmo. But then the Fresh Beat Band came on once, and one of them just started dancing. <sighs> I'm I, sorry. Yeah, like, it's <laughs> over. Um, you know, it's crazy. Is Nickelodeon that cartoon Doug? The band was the Beats. What they, they were really into this band, the Beats. Yeah. 
So it seems like Nickelodeon's getting a little lazy. Yeah, <laughs> Fresh Beat, Beats. How would you compare um, Fresh Beats to the California Dreams house band? Wow, that's a, that's a tough they, they call. They sound, I mean, like, that also seemed like a very contrived... They were they were very contrived. Some of those people could actually even play. Really? That's that was my question. Why are we talking about California Dreams? Because <laughs> for those of you playing the home game, I was on a few episodes years and, ago. And I will not let it go ever, apparently. <laughs> yeah, oh God, it's ridiculous. That, well, you know who wrote all those songs was uh, Steve Tyrell. I don't, who's that? Remember that TV show, The Heights, that became yes, a band? Yes, How Do You Talk to an Angel? That's it. He wrote that song, and he apparently is this big like songwriter for people and things and out in los angeles and put out a uh, an album of standards but then he wrote all these cheesy songs for california dreams and ridiculousness you can't find them on dvd so sorry sorry people out there um what i'm not sorry about is our awesome new website if you haven't checked it out yet please do we got to thank parsley and sprouts um they did an amazing job on our website check us out on facebook we're on twitter at going off track where jonah has made our twitter feed follow most every guest who's come on which is cool because i forget to do that i can catch up no problem yeah thanks thanks for <laughs> clicking that button yeah i want to thank matt and tony for hanging out and hey if you dig us hit up itunes and, and give us a review give us a few stars or half stars and also check out tony in the pride of Erie, pa oh it's his other band with, yes uh my good friend patrick carey from limbeck who got me these pants Oh, the pants that you're showing off right now on the podcast yes. that no one can see? And Bill from Ultimate Fake Book and Mike from the Nerdist podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, Mike Furman, I think from Hard and Firm. I think that's his name. I believe you are correct. You'd think with all the technology, so, we could look it up before we release this, but yep. we are just <laughs> that lazy. Yeah. Check them out and check out Tony's toy company, Analog Playset. Oh, and... We will be back soon, right? Yeah, next week. We've got so much, so much stuff to show you. And oh, we have we have an event we cannot wait for you to hear. Cannot wait. Bye bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 